Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I discuss geocaching and my adventures with it. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. You can also sign up for the Geocache Adventures newsletter, which features upcoming episode information, behind the scenes articles, and other fun articles and information. This interview was recorded using Zoom and may sound different than other podcast audio. Hello, everybody. It's Amy Shadow Dragon One here, and I am with Graham, fellow geocacher and also vlogger of Geocaching with Graham. So, welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, hi, I'm really glad to be here, Amy, uh, and hi to everybody listening to this vlog. So, to start off, can you tell us what your caching name is? My caching name? Oh, goody. Like, I know that one off the top of my head. <laughs> so my caching name is Ember Sky Media, which is E-M-B-E-R-S-K-Y-M-E-D-I-A. And the reason I went with that is because I actually do a bunch of uh, vlog stuff and uh, video vlogs. Um, I also have a little bit of a podcast that I need to do a little bit of rebranding on. But I've basically put everything under the Ember Sky Media logo. I just keep it all tied together that way. I try to because people Google me and they, as you probably noticed with the weird spelling of my name, I, I, I have trouble using my name because 99% of people will spell it incorrectly. Yeah. So how long have you been geocaching? You're, you're newer to geocaching, correct? Yes. So I started geocaching, um, I guess now about a month and a half ago, um, right before Ontario had their lockdown stay at home order. So I've only been actually able to geocache um, six locations of which I found three of them uh, on my first pass. And then I went back to another one and f turned a did not find into an actual find. Um, and then the government of Ontario said everyone should stay at home. And since I live out here in the country and driving out to a bunch of geocache locations, probably not the best thing to be doing. Mm. Um, I've been patiently waiting and I have a plan for once things reopen next month. Oh, so you're getting close. Yes. Uh, it looks like we're reopening probably June 2nd, June 3rd. Okay. So you should be reopening probably right uh, just a bit before this podcast airs. Awesome. So when so, this podcast airs, I will be geocaching like a crazy person. And by geocaching like a crazy person, I mean walking around downtown Napanee where there's probably like I don't know, 500 geocaches. Oh, we, nice. So you have a lot yeah. decently nearby you, it yeah. sounds like. Nice. Yeah, it's about a 30-minute drive away from home. But uh, the Lennox and Addington County actually runs a mega event in August. So oh. there's like something like 2,000 geocaches in my county district. Oh, wow. If not more. <laughs> Are you going to be able to make that mega event? Uh, yeah, it's going to be in August. Um, by that time, the uh, country or, well, I guess the province and probably most of the country will be open to like domestic travel and there shouldn't be any stay-at-home orders because we'll have everyone with their vaccine and stuff like that. So the event is on this year, as far as I can tell from the uh, organizers, and it will be happening. So uh, it'll be obviously outdoors and there might be a few restrictions for restaurants and stuff. But otherwise, uh, yeah, we'll be having it. Uh, there'll be a bunch of people out there. And I'm sure the guy running it, who's already aware of who I am, is probably going to be like, so you're going to be making a video or two, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be out there geocaching with my camera, 
and everyone will be like, who's this crazy guy running through the bushes with, you know, thousands of dollars of camera gear going, look, 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 <laughs> and pointing at something that anyone standing 20 feet away is going to be like, he's literally pointing at a fence. I don't understand what he's doing. I'm so excited about that fence pole. It'll make for some great videos for your vlog then. <laughs> yes, it should make some really good videos. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun now, especially that I've done a, a couple geocaches i now know what a tiny and micro geocache is because i did not know the first time i thought it was gonna be like okay micro i'm thinking you know it's a ammo box i was looking for the ammo box for a good half hour oh it was, <laughs> it was like a little bit bigger than a bison tube but not by much yeah yeah those different sizes get you at first when you first start out yeah yeah no definitely but yeah. it's surprising how fast you can pick it up i would agree I would agree. Once you, you get a couple in and you see, kind of figure out how the app works and figure out, oh, read the description. Oh, there's a size listing here. It, it definitely makes it a lot easier once you get the, the very basics of it sort of down. And, but yeah, it's, it's a continual learning game though, for sure. Yeah. And I'm hoping to find a geocache big enough so I can leave some stuff in it. Those are always the, the best ones in my, well, maybe not always the best ones because you can find some pretty unique smalls and micros well hidden out there. But it's definitely a lot of fun, especially when I have my six-year-old with me, when we can find the ones that are big enough for the swag and, and swap things out for sure. Well, I, 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 people can't see this, but I have like, uh, I do 3D printing. And I do a lot of like little test prints and stuff for things. And often when I'm trying to print something, I'll print it at like quarter size or something before I print the big one that takes like, you know, half a day or something. Mm -hmm. So I have all these little test prints where I'm like, they're neat. And they're like, they're great for kids. Kids would absolutely love Oh yeah. This. Those little boats and will make great swag. Exactly. And I'm like, I will happily put those into uh, uh, geocaches so that uh, they can enjoy them to their heart's content rather than currently a box of, let's just say, Tiny things. <laughs> Tiny things little kids would love to have that I, as an adult, sit there and say, yeah, that was a test print. I don't need it anymore. <laughs> Unless I'm going to start like a little boat, uh, um, what's it called? Flotilla. There you go. For some people, they do that. <laughs> so in your vlog, you've the geocaching with Graham you went out for your very first geocache. I think there was three in the first episode. Yeah. You documented them in this first vlog. And your very first one was a DNF, and yet you kept going. So could you tell us about that? Like, what was sure. that like for you? Well, it, it, it was about half an hour of frustration. No. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, so I've been wanting to do this for a while, and I finally got up to finding out the, the proper app to do it, uh, figuring out how to, like, where these things were, um, which I sort of learned uh, from the group that actually runs the mega event here in Lennox and Addington. So I decided I'm going to go out and do this. So I grabbed my camera. I'm going to do a vlog-style uh, videotape this, which is what started the little vlog, which is, again, a subset of Ember Sky Media on my YouTube channel. And I ended up having it where... I went out and uh, my mom was with me at the time because we were going to go shopping for food in town. And this was relatively close to town. And we looked everywhere through this cemetery. 
uh, for what we thought was going to be an ammo box. Like we didn't, we thought, okay, maybe like a small ammo box, but we were looking for an ammo box or like a, a waterproof container of some sort that's, you know, similar size. And we looked all over the place. I was standing there um, looking on my phone and saying, okay, it says it's like right here. And I'm standing looking at a whole bunch of like raspberry bramble, uh, which if anyone doesn't know what raspberry bramble is, it's basically a very intertwined uh, vine with the pointy bits on it. And I'm thinking here going like, okay, and I'm looking at this and there's a hole that sort of goes into the ground. Uh, that's, you know, I would say probably half a foot in diameter, maybe, well, maybe a foot in diameter, sorry. And so I'm thinking it's just big enough that somebody could probably stick an ammo box all the way down there. And I'm going like, do I really want to stick my hand in that? <laughs> Cause I'm like, I'm like looking at it going like, it's only about two meters away, uh, you know, through this bramble. Cause at the time I didn't know what to look for. I didn't know, look for things like trailheads and stuff like that, which was just off to the right apparently. <laughs> but I ended up going and saying, okay, um, yeah, I, I wasn't really willing to put my hand down a, an unknown hole because uh, I hadn't brought it's gloves off. or anything. So we decided after about half an hour and some, you know, both of us sitting there looking at this hole thinking, should we do this uh, to move on and try for another location? We went for a second one uh, that had been found more recently, about a week and a half before. However, we ended up not finding that one. It was beside a golf course and a roadway. And unfortunately, it had quite a bit of like, uh, I'll say garbage, but you know, like little pieces of fluff. Um, there was a container over there that I guess was like a lunchbox or something like that. There was nothing that was clearly a geocache. And after sort of collecting quite a bit of garbage, we decided that uh, we A, should have brought a garbage bag with us and B, uh, let's try somewhere else where it wasn't necessarily in such a congested location. So we ended up driving to another location that was off beside a train track and there we actually found a geocache. After the very first one you didn't find, yeah. what made you keep going? Perseverance. <laughs> Lots of perseverance. And the fact that I was like, I'm filming this, I better find one. <laughs> and and by, by the time we got to the third one, we were sort of going with like three strikes you're out kind of rule. We're like, if we don't find that third one, we're done. <laughs> so uh, yeah, fortunately we did find that third one. Um, and then we found a fourth one just moments later down the road now that we knew what we we're looking for. Um, and uh, yeah, they, these are not necessarily bison tubes. Uh, they're more like test tubes, uh, a little bit bigger than what I think a bison tube looks like. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it was one of those things where it's like, now that we knew what we were looking for, um, it was a lot easier to say, okay, because again, we were looking for ammo boxes. Like we were thinking it's a box. It's, it's you know, even if it's a small box, it's going to be like the size of your cell phone, not like the size of a, I don't know. Uh, a large Sharpie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. When you get that, that pre idea set in your head, the predetermination of what you're looking for, it will really mess you up. It's, it's done it. To, I've done it to myself before thinking I was looking for one thing and couldn't find it because it was completely different. Yeah. So yeah, on the third one, we found it and then we quickly found a fourth one. And at that point, we, we called it a day. Um, and then uh, a week and a half later, when I had to go back into town, I decided I'm going to go and revisit the first one and actually see if I can find it. Because one person actually posted in between that period, that they had found it. So I knew it was there. And I went back to the cemetery and was able to actually find that uh, geocache now that I knew what I was looking for. Um, 
I followed the trailhead and um, I won't say where it was hidden, but it was hidden in a very nice spot and it was not in the hole. Don't put your hand down that hole. <laughs> Don't know what's in the hole. I will say that. <laughs> it was not in the mystery hole that may or may not have had a badger in it or something. That's what sticks are for. <laughs> Shove the stick down the hole first and see if something bites it or not. It's yeah, see if it bites it or if there's a zombie sound. I don't know. It was a cemetery. You never know what you got. You never know. <laughs> so when you got that Avenge for that DNF, for me, when I get to Avenge one, there's this deeply satisfied feeling about getting one. Did, did, were you just over the moon that you'd finally found it? Or was it just another day? Or how did you feel about getting to Avenge that one? Uh, I was pretty happy. I was like, okay, I now know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm now like, I don't want to say a geocacher just yet, but I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not completely crazy the first time we were here. Um, and I was pretty, it added a lot of confidence that I'm going to be able to go and use, to go and find uh, new geocaches in the future that, yes, I know what I'm looking for. I have a pretty good idea of the different sizes now. I've actually gone back and done more research and uh, talked to some other people about, you know, what they should look like. Cause again, as I thought these things were going to be like four or five times the size of what they actually ended up being. So, and I've also learned that look for fences. Fences yeah. are your friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can be. Fences and guardrails can be your friend. They can also be deeply deceiving. It, it's amazing how different and how similar they can all be. So the, the second cache that you weren't able to find, have you had a chance before the, the travel ban, were you able to go back and find that one? Or has it just been the, the first one that you've been able to find? I've just been able to find the first one. Um, I think somebody messaged me about the second one and that they'll go back and check to see if it's there. There is actually quite a bit of garbage in that particular location because it's an intersection between three highways. Um, and then there's a golf course where people have knocked golf balls in there. So when you're looking at it, um, and also add that it's uh, with springtime, there's definitely a lot of rain. So part of it was muddy, that it may be one of those things where it's actually hidden in the mud or if it's mm. sitting on a tree branch or something like this. Um, again, it's one of those things where I'm sure it's there. It's just a matter of I'll have to go back and check it. But that's a bit farther afield than uh, what I was willing to do on the second day. Because again, I'm trying to keep... As true to the rules as possible uh, for the stay-at-home order. So I didn't want to start going and trying to drive to the far end of town to <laughs> see if I could find this thing. Yeah, well, that's completely understandable. And and you said you did some cash in, trash out while you were there. Have yeah. you, did you know about the locationless cash that they currently have going on that you could log for that? No, I'm not aware of that. Okay, you should check it out. It's GC8. Uh, I was not aware that you meet. could log. Okay. And EAT. Oh. They, they don't do locationless caches very often. They put this one out as, as a cleanup incentive, as a cash and trash out incentive, and it's currently active through... The end of this year, I believe, and after that, they'll uh, they'll close it out, so nobody will be able to log it after that. But yeah, you could actually, for your your cash and trash out efforts, you could go claim that one and get a different type of cash and a, and another one for your account while you're at it. All right, cool. I will definitely check that out after we're finished this uh, interview. So, 
let's let's backtrack a minute. How did you originally find out about geocaching? Uh, I originally found out about geocaching um, through an initiative in our county about looking for volunteers for different uh, groups and organizations. And one of the uh, groups and organizations that uh, presented at that meeting was the geocachers for their annual mega finding event. So that's when I sort of learned about geocaching in Lennox and Addington and sort of how to go from point of saying, okay, I've heard about it and I've been interested in it before, but actually, how do I actually do it um, as a individual? Because I originally thought it was just a two week event or like, uh, well, a two week event or like a two weekend event, sorry, that happened okay. in August. I didn't realize that it was something that people would do all year round. I just thought they put out the, the caches, people go and find them. And then I guess they clean them up afterwards. I didn't realize they, 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 it was an all year round event. They're always there. <laughs> they are. They are. Most of them are always there other than the events that come and go. It's, it's, it can be a year-round yeah. thing. Although I, I tell you what, when it's cold out, I'd rather stay inside. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's true. Um, uh, although I imagine your winters are, are a little, little harder yeah. than the uh, Midwest United States winters can be. Um, we, we, we end up some winters getting quite a bit of snow, um, to which if there's anything on the ground, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this year was not too bad. We had a bit of snow, but yeah, um, going out in the winter is probably not when most people geocache in Canada. There is a winter friendly attribute that people can apply to geocaches when they hide them. So it's something you could look at if you're interested in geocaching when it's cold out. Uh, I'm going to stay inside myself more than likely, but <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a wimp when it comes to being cold out. Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I go out in like blizzards with snowshoes. <laughs> I, I have a video for that. It's on one of my other channels. I'm going to eventually move over, but I was thinking of moving it over in the fall when there's snow because people are going to be like why are you posting a video about snowshoeing in the middle of summer so how many different video you know video blogs and and channels do you have so uh currently i have one main channel which is ember sky media um and then i have three sort of test channels i've been playing around with um Overall, what I'm doing is putting all the content onto Ember Sky Media, and then I have various playlists for the different attributes. Because overall, most of what I do is wilderness, uh, running around at night, uh, doing astrophotography, or I'm taking pictures of birds, or I'm doing some travel, which is generally wilderness-based, uh, and that's what the content is going to be. Um, this geocaching is a relatively new thing, but it works really well with a lot of the other stuff I'm doing. Since I'm already going to be out there with camera gear, taking pictures of birds, I can find a geocache along the way. And you'll sort of see that as a uh, storyline of saying, let's go out and see a geocache, maybe capture some birds. Um, I might be going camping in some locations. So sort of a wilderness uh, aspect um, with cameras and whatnot. So it's, it's going to be the main channel. It's going to be that one. If I decide to uh, find it's really popular and doesn't really fit with the rest of the content, I might switch it up to a second channel. But for now, I just think um, it'll be a subset playlist. So documenting but, your geocache adventures was pretty natural for you to just sort of extend off of, it sounds like. Yes, yes. Um, it's pretty natural for me to just 
vlog about going geocaching um, in a very similar way as I would vlog about other things I'm doing. Uh, I'm currently trying to get some new gear so it looks more vloggy style rather than the I'm holding a camera and hoping that it's in focus and <laughs> properly. So if people are watching that and wondering why it's not perfect, that's why I, I don't have a I don't have a, a camera on hand that uh, really I can see myself in. So I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you, you sound like you really like photography and you've mentioned 3d printing. Yeah. How all does geocaching tie into your various hobbies? So for photography, it's going to be the vlogging side. Um, I, as I said, I do birding and some other stuff. So me being out and actually traveling around and doing stuff with a camera, vlogging and doing a geocache is going to be another aspect of that. Um, for 3D printing, I'm going to actually 3D print some geocaches. I actually purchased some filament to do so. Um, but also, as I said, I have all these little tiny test prints that I do that as I said, they look like little tiny boats or they look like little tiny coins and some other stuff like this that I'm quite happy to leave as swag for other people to take home and enjoy. And that solves one problem for me and some probably small child will get some enjoyment out of that. So it's a win-win-win situation for everybody. Sounds like it. Yeah. And I'll be doing a ge uh, printing a geocache, custom geocache, Probably for the Linux and Addington group, I'm still going to talk to the guy and see what they might want to do uh, because I do have the 3D printer. So there's some things I can 3D print that are shapes or look like different things that you wouldn't normally be able to go out and purchase or buy right. um, and have it. Like I know people like to 3D print pine cones as a geocache. Yeah. So that might be a fun one because we do have pine trees out here and stuff. So do you have modeling software that you use? Uh, yeah, so I have a Fusion 360 um, okay. that I use as a hobbyist, um, but I also, there's some other 3D modeling software that you can use, uh, but if you don't have 3D modeling software, you can always go on to what's called Thingiverse, and if you write in like geocaching, there's probably like a hundred different geocache models somebody's already made that's free and available for you to take and 3D print yourself with your own printer and your own filament to then post that somewhere. Okay, so, that's good to know. Yeah, the 3D modeling world is very share and share alike concept. As long as you're, you know, sharing and sharing alike and not taking somebody's model and trying to sell it. Right. Yeah, they might get a little upset about that. Yeah, again, it's one thing. If nobody's making any money, everyone's happy. The minute somebody's making money, everyone goes, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so what has been your favorite thing about geocaching so far? I know you've had a bit of a limited experience with the lockdown, but is there something that you've really enjoyed about it on your couple of outings that you've had? Um, yeah, so one of the things I really like about geocaching, um, just starting off, is it gives me something else to do. Um, it gives me a reason to go somewhere um, that I might not normally have gone. Um, there's also like the finding it and being like, wow, I, I found it. I'm super excited about that. But it's more the, when I look at somewhere and I say, why would I go to this place? I can say, there's a geocache here. There's a reason to drive down that road, to explore that unknown corner, uh, to go that extra mile to sort of see something beyond just saying, I hope there's something there visible. It's, it's, I have a reason to, to be there, um, which is nice. 
Yeah, it's it's amazing some of the places you find while you're geocaching. I've lived in in this area most of my my childhood and adult life and because I went geocaching, I have found different little statues and monuments and in corners of the place that I had no clue were there the entire time. So it, it's really neat what you can find geocaching. Oh, absolutely. It's, uh, I, I know from traveling around the world, I've been to places and then somebody told me, oh, did you turn down that street? I'm like, no. I'm like, oh, you just missed it. You know, something crazy. And you're like, oh. But like with geocaching, because of the way people like mark things and stuff, they usually indicate like what's in the area of the geocache yeah. or it's like, you know, so there's sometimes like I've been, like, as I said, I've been looking at the Lennox and Addington area for uh, once things reopen. And I sit there and say, I never knew that this existed in a couple of places. So I'm going to be going out and geocaching those locations, but I'm also going to be seeing things I didn't even know existed in this town. So uh, it will be quite an interesting experience and yeah. I will be. I'll, I'll be vlogging it, so hopefully it'll be interesting. Otherwise, I'll be like, you lied. <laughs> <laughs> what has been the most difficult or challenging thing for you to figure out so far? Uh, the most challenging thing, I think, to figure out is I came into geocaching, as I sort of alluded to earlier, I thought there were going to be big boxes hidden all over the place. And what I'm finding is that the majority of geocaches uh, up here, at least are little tiny containers that are like the size of like 35 millimeter film canisters. Mm -hmm. um, there's apparently some bison um, points around here as well. And I was like, okay, I, I was expecting to find bigger things. So I'm going to have to look a lot harder, I think going forward than I originally had planned to. Because um, again, as I said, I, I went out and I had a couple of these like 3D printed things. I was thinking, I'm going to find this can. I'm just going to be like, wow, I found it, leave some stuff in it. And that was going to be like the video. And then I ended up not finding it, not finding it. And then when I finally found something, I'm like, this this, this little 3D boat is not going to fit in that container. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm like, oh, okay. So I, as I said, I've, I've mapped out a couple larger uh, geocaches in my area that I'm going to go check out after the lockdown is over um, and hopefully at that point be able to um, disperse some um, fun little toys for people and other trinkets. Did you just find them just by sort of checking out the geocaches on the app or did you do you have the premium account where you can filter by attributes and sizes? I do not have the premium account yet. Okay. I literally went geocache to geocache <laughs> to geocache um, before I realized that there's a filter option. Um, I'm planning on buying premium once we reopen. I'm just yeah. being um, a bit frugal with money at the moment saying, well, if it's going to be for a year, make sure it's, you get your money's worth to wait till oh. it opens. Oh, yeah, definitely. And yeah, I, I waited a month or so when I started to see if it, you know, am I going to actually keep up with doing this before spend the money to get the subscription. So, you know, especially since you can't go out right now, it makes sense to, to wait on that. But. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm told that there's apparently a lot of new geocaches coming once the lockdown's over because any geocache that's been posted to reviewers is being held until the lockdown order is over. So I'm expected to see probably like probably 10 to 20, um, 
geocaches pop up once lockdown's over, and then there'll be a race to see who can find it first. Nice. That's that's another thing. I don't know if it's a premium feature only, I, but you can set up notifications so you'll get emails when new ones publish. And I, I think it is a uh, premium. Uh, it's a premium feature. So as I said, I'll probably wait till the start of June. Yeah. Um, and then pick it up. And then the minute I get a little email on my phone, I'm going to jump in my car and race off like a crazy person. <laughs> Become a first defiant hound, huh? <laughs> first defiant, you know, show up and be like, you know, show up there and find out like in like a interview and like maybe six months from now and be like, so this is how I was beaten by somebody else. <laughs> no, this is mine. And like you have to fight each other off as you're trying to be the first one to open the little tiny container. <laughs> the police get called because you get into a fist fight at the park over who gets to find the geocache first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like they were battling with their cell phones and running through the dirt. And, <laughs> you know, and, and the one guy's out there with a video. So, of course, you know, this is going to be the easiest uh, uh, criminal case ever. <laughs> Yeah, it's a big wide angle lens so you can see everything. Nice. That'll make some for some interesting content on your channel for sure. <laughs> I, yeah, it will, but I don't think that's gonna be what happens. I think No, probably not, but you know. pretty civil. <laughs> pretty civil. Yeah, I I doubt it, but you know, it would be it's fun to joke about if nothing else. <laughs> So what is something that you've learned that you think somebody else start starting out would benefit from knowing or something um, that you wish you knew before you started? So I think um, in terms of things that people would or should know is probably watch some other people doing geocache uh, vlogs before you try to go out geocaching. Um, because as I said, I looked at photos online and there's nothing to reference the size of these things. Uh, I didn't really do a huge amount of research on where these things might be hidden in locations. So when I went out there, as I said, I didn't really know what I was looking for and I didn't really know where people would typically hide these things. So I ended up, as I said, uh, we're sitting there for half an hour, but we probably spent a good five minutes staring at a hole thinking, should we stick our hand down it? <laughs> so definitely um, understand that like micro geocaches are tiny things um they are tiny tiny things so i would recommend that uh you try to go for something i think it's called a normal size mm -hmm. um yeah try to go for one even if it's a little farther away start with that and then make your way down so in conclusion um definitely watch some vlogs of people geocaching and have a look at some of the smaller items uh mm -hmm. that people use as geocaches because i think one of the big things was I thought this was going to be people wanted their stuff to be fine. Apparently a lot of people <laughs> like to hide geocaches to make it a bit of a challenge. Um, and I wasn't realizing how much of a challenge it was going to be. Um, so yeah, just realize that most people, when they hide these things, the idea being is that it's a challenge to find so that random people don't just accidentally, you know, trip over the boxes and say, what's this? <laughs> Yeah, we try to try to keep them out of the sight of muggles. Oh, that is the proper term. Okay, it is. It that. is. Yes. Yes. Uh, they stole it from Harry Potter, I believe. But yes, it's, it's 
I don't know if it's proper, but it's the term that gets used at least. <laughs> Let's go with that. That doesn't mean you have to carry a wand, people. You do not have to carry a <laughs> wand while you are geocaching. Unless you or, want Nor do you to. have to wear a cape. But absolutely, if you want to walk around <laughs> with a cape and a wand and... <laughs> More power to you. Out boxes and corners. <laughs> it might draw some attention, but to each their own. Exactly. Anything else you, you want to share with us before we wrap up for today? Other than I'm very excited to be doing this new hobby. I've really been enjoying it and I'm going to hopefully be doing a lot more vlogs in the very near future. Uh, most I can say is uh, I think it's called happy geocaching is what people say in this particular hobby. I don't know. That's why I said at the end of the vlog and nobody corrected me. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can kind of say whatever you want to. <laughs> if, it, if it's not a thing, let's go. make it a thing. So happy geocaching for all those out there. Happy geocaching. I like it. All right. Well, I'll definitely have links to your channels in the show notes so people can go check it out and subscribe to that so we don't miss any of your epic adventures. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for coming on here and doing this today. Not a problem. Thank you for listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers. It is full of articles and photos all sent in by geocachers like you. In fact, some of the guests that you've heard on this show have submitted articles to Geocacher Magazine. They have all kinds of neat stuff and publish achievements that are sent in by geocachers. So if you have an achievement you want to celebrate, send it in and they will add it to the magazine. It is really cool. I recommend it. I subscribe to it myself and I love it. Go check it out at ftfgeo.com. That's ftfgeo.com. And let them know Shadow Dragon 1 sent you. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Do you have a topic you'd like to hear more about? Let me know at geocacheadventures.org. Go over to the contact page and you can send me a message there. It has the podcast email that you can email me to. Or you can reach out to ShadowDragon1 on geocaching.com. Geocacheadventures.org also has a store page now. You can go over there, geocacheadventures.org, and click on the store page in the menu bar and check it out. Got some great stuff over there for you.